Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, are you as a Christian strong enough to withstand the Christian persecution that is indeed coming to the United States? If you're unaware, if you don't follow a lot of these things, there's a lot of court battles going on. Of course, in California, the governor of California has not only ruled that no big churches can't meet, but even in houses in many jurisdictions, that something like 40 of the counties cannot even meet for a small group Bible study in a house. This is this is a lot of restrictions, especially since the the chance of somebody dying is so infinitesimally small. It's I mean. You actually have a greater chance among many age populations of dying from a flu than you do of COVID. And before you decry that, turn off CNN, turn off Fox News, turn off MSNBC, turn off all that crap, go to the CDC's website and actually look at the real data, which they update every single Friday. Okay, they update it. They used to update on Tuesdays. Now they're updating on Fridays. Now also they'll realize that the deaths of COVID started to fall below the pandemic levels. So in order to keep them there, they started about six weeks ago packaging COVID, flu-like, and pneumonia-like diseases all together to keep it above, just above that pandemic line. Very interesting. This is being used to restrict freedoms. Well, two weeks ago, there was a Supreme Court case. This isn't a state Supreme Court case. This is Washington, D.C. Supreme Court case ruled in Nevada's favor, suggesting that casinos can have a full opening, but churches have greater restrictions and in many cases cannot meet. So, if you want to go out to Nevada and you want to go ahead and... Um, have a worship service, you're going to find yourself restricted. How bad is the cases there? You know, I didn't pull the data. I'm going to guess not a lot of uh, serious problems. All right. Now, those of us who want to stand up. Now, there were two churches. Of course, we covered John MacArthur's church last week. Uh, the other church, uh, I can't, still can't remember. I was just reading the article about it like five minutes ago, and I still can't remember the name of the church. They actually received a restraining order preventing them from having in-person services. Uh, they can meet outdoors, I guess, according to the, the restraining order, but they can't meet indoors anymore. So now the government is starting to regulate what happens in the community. And by the way, that community has 900,000 people in it, and they've had 77 deaths. Okay, They're talking all across the country right now about should we open schools? Should we open college campuses? Do you realize that more people in a given year die of alcohol-related deaths on college campuses in America than under 25s have died overall in the United States from coronavirus? Okay, 21 in 100,000 people, 21 in 100,000 deaths is caused, is under the age of 25. This is what the CDC says. Stop listening to the CNN. Stop listening to Fox. Stop listening to ABC. Stop listening to all of these regular news programs and go and get real data on these. So in Nevada, if you are a casino, you can open up and there's a few little restrictions, but nothing much. Churches over 50 cannot meet. 
Well, I have to give praise and credit for this pastor of a church in Carson City who said, okay, he bought some slot machines, moved them in, and declared their church a casino, and I guess paid the casino tax. So now they can have as many people in there as they want. They preach the gospel among the casinos, or the, the slot machines in the back going, you know, they're still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ because now they're a casino, not a church. Do you not see yet that the Christian persecution is coming and it's worth asking yourself this question now before somebody kicks down your door, are you going to take a real stand for Christ or are you going to lock step in line? Because more of us that stand up means the more of us there's going to be when we have to battle. This is why it's important to study and understand the life of Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Go back through and study the life of Diedrich Bonhoeffer if you have not done so. He is the man who stood up to Hitler in Nazi Germany. He paid for it with his life. He died, I don't remember if it was Auschwitz he died in, but he died in one of the concentration camps because he took a stand. He was willing to work with people of different faiths and people of no faith because he, he is actually the one that champion the phrase he didn't actually write it many people attribute it to him but it was actually it was i think it was either a friend of his or an obscure german poet of his who said they came i'm going to get a few of these scripts wrong but they came for the uh the labor workers and i wasn't a labor worker so i'd not said nothing they came for the negroes and i wasn't a negro so i said nothing they came for the jews and i wasn't a jew so i said nothing now they're coming for me and there's no one left to speak for me we have a great persecution coming. The whole world, we know from the scriptures, they do not like our God. They do not like us. They've tolerated us as much as possible. And as we stand out to preach the true gospel, we are going to get challenged. I mean, should we just, oh, come on, deal with it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Just get online to Zoom. Or should we actually be out there in the open preaching the real gospel? Of course, when Peter and John, they were arrested in the square, of course, they go in and heal a, a paralytic and, ooh, it was the Sabbath day. Oh, how dare you actually do good on the Sabbath? Same thing. In fact, they were following Jesus' example. Jesus did the very same thing. I mean, there's a lot of feet, neat little things Jesus did. Let's go on a side on that one. Realize that, that when Jesus was in this big crowded house teaching and the people brought the paralytic and they couldn't get in, so they took out the roof and lowered the guy down on the pallet and the Pharisees were in there and they were watching him. What's he going to do wrong? So instead of healing the guy immediately, he says, your sins are well. They're like, oh, how dare you say that? Are you God that you can do this? Well, in fact, yes. He says, what's easier for you to say your sins are forgiven or for you to say to get up your mat and walk? So he says, therefore, get up your mat and walk. That was the Sabbath. And that miracle occurred on the Sabbath. So now we have a man who has paralyzed his whole life or most of his life, who has just healed miraculously by a man who claims to be God, who told you to get up, take your mat, and go home. Do you obey the human authorities that say you may not carry your mat on a Sabbath because that constitutes work, or do you obey the guy who just healed you for all these times? Recognize as Christians, we have been healed. By his stripes, we have been healed. You may still have some physical ailments in your body, but you have been healed. Spiritually, you've been healed. You have been miraculously healed. It is time for you to stand up and follow God. 
So back to Peter and John when they're preaching in the square and they heal a, a man on the Sabbath and they are arrested. They come down and they're now standing before trial and we have this little exchange. Let's go ahead and start in Acts 13. The actual part we want to do is 19, but I want to read some of the exchange that's going on in this. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. So oh, there's these guys like, they're not even educated. How are they doing all this? And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. So he just went ahead and um, he just went ahead and showed them up. Okay, there's a man healed. We, we can't say anything about this. We know this guy is healed. When they ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another. In saying, what shall we do with these men? This is the council talking for the fact that noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. So this kind of sounds like like Dorsey and Zuckerberg and, and Weeki Weeki wanting to, um, wanting to take the very credible and credentialed frontline physicians and declare them heretics and kick them off the platform for preaching the truth. This is what they're doing. Verse 17, But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to not speak any longer in this man's name. And then the council had summoned them back, this is Peter and John, and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And then they threatened them further and they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on the account of the people because they were all glorifying God it had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. We need to, as Christians, live a transformed and redeemed and loving life before the world. We have to do that. We have to stand firm in the persecution that is coming. They are going to use this nonsense as an excuse to persecute us. I have done online ministry. I have done offline ministry. I was certainly willing to stop going to church for a few weeks while we were understanding what was going on. We now know what's going on. And the answer is nothing seriously dangerous. Okay? And because we want to get back to preaching the gospel... In the way the gospel is meant to be preached, the Christians are now facing a persecution. Are you going to stand with that persecution, or are you just going to give lip service to Jesus in the presence of Christians, and lip service to the world in the presence of the world? Before you think about doing that, I will warn you, be ye lukewarm, and I shall spew you from my mouth. The words of Jesus to the church, I believe was Thyatira. I forget the exact church. Um, but that was his words to the church who was wavering between the world and God. Do not waver between the world and God. If we are indeed in the end times and it's starting to look more and more like it, this is not the time to defect to the enemy. Stand firm with Christ. 
study Dietrich Bonhoeffer and support those churches and pastors who are saying we must open to preach the gospel because right now more people are suffering than have ever suffered and it's emotionally it's not because of something going around those are my thoughts if you want to dispute all that go to CDC's website look at the actual data stop listening to CNN and Fox and your favorite news programs most of them are making sensationalist headlines for the purpose of getting clicks and making money go to the CDC. There's my thoughts. I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is OurWalkInChrist.com.